Hello, friends, and welcome to the Conscious Coping Club. I'm Lori Sharp-Page, and I'm bringing my expertise as a psychotherapist, my baggage as a human, and my hunch that learning how to cope is going to be a lot more fun when we do it together. This week on the Conscious Coping Club, we're tackling the feeling of depression, the coping skill of rituals, and the resource of hula hooping. All that and more on this week's episode of the Conscious Coping Club. Today's feeling of the week is depression. We've all heard the term and many have felt its weight. But let's clarify something. Depression is not just a clinical diagnosis. It's a natural emotion that we all experience from time to time. It often envelops us during moments of loss, change, or uncertainty. And there is an important distinction here between feeling and clinical depression. Feeling depressed for a short span, say a week or two, especially in response to clear environmental triggers, is often a natural transient emotional period. This is not necessarily pathological. It's important to understand this distinction between the two because the transient feeling of depression does happen and clinical depression also happens. So if you're feeling depressed, you need to be kind to yourself. When depression's shadow casts over us, the first step is showing compassion to ourselves. Research has highlighted how self-compassion is significantly tied to positive mental health outcomes like reduced depression, anxiety, and ultimately life satisfaction. We also need to engage in proactive self-care. Caring for oneself can be lavish acts like taking a vacation, but it can also be simpler gestures. Sometimes it's about speaking to someone you trust, cleaning your living space, or even allowing yourself to cry. It might be as basic as brushing your teeth or taking a walk even. Now, the importance of not getting stuck in this depressive feeling cannot be stressed enough. Research has found that being judgmental towards oneself, one's thoughts and feelings, was a strong predictor of both depression and anxiety. Essentially, the more judgmental we are towards our inner experiences, the deeper the negative emotions can go. And it's important to understand your depression. If you're grappling with discerning between the feeling of depression and clinical depression, consider these three questions. Have you felt like this most days for the past two weeks? Have you had any other thoughts? Thoughts like harming yourself or others? Do you think you need help? A yes to any of these signals the need to consult a mental health professional. Remember, if thoughts arise that make you feel unsafe, reach out for immediate crisis support. And remember, everyone needs help at times. The bravest thing you can do is to ask for help. And finally, from my personal insight, I can share that there's a palpable difference between feeling depressed and being in a major depressive episode, if you know the difference. And it took me a long time to know the difference. When I'm deeply depressed, I neglect my self-care and essentially cocoon in my bed, avoiding even the task I love. And that's why rituals are vital to me. They act as checkpoints, helping me gauge whether I'm on the depression end of the spectrum or just having a tough day with big feelings. Whether or not you've ever touched the fringes of this feeling or, like me, have delved deep into its clinical depths, remember that feeling depressed is challenging, even if it's for just a day or a moment. However, by identifying and implementing coping strategies, you can take an empowering step against the inherently disempowering nature 
of the feeling of depression. Rituals have been an integral part of human culture for centuries, transcending regions and religions and periods of time. At its core, a ritual is a sequence of activities involving gestures, words, even objects, performed in a sequestered place and according to a set structure. For example, brushing your teeth is indeed a ritual. Rituals can be personal or shared, simple or elaborate but all serve to ground us, provide us structure, and often facilitate healing, understanding, or other things that support our mental health. Let's talk about the vast spectrum of rituals. So there's simple rituals like we talked about. These might be part of our daily routine, like brushing our teeth, or they might even go unnoticed. Examples include brewing a morning cup of coffee or tea in a particular way, saying affirmations before bed, or even just keeping a gratitude journal. More involved, moderate rituals usually take a little bit more time and attention, like setting aside an evening a week for self-care or having a family dinner routinely or meditating at the same time every day. And then, of course, there's elaborate rituals. These can be intricately planned and may be tied to significant life events or deep personal or cultural beliefs. Examples can include doing a yearly vision board or significant religious ceremonies, or even annual family retreats. Having a wedding, hosting a party, going to school, these are all elaborate rituals. And there's a lot of science behind rituals and the reason why we as humans are so attracted to them. Rituals are more than just tradition. They have a profound psychological impact on us. Research has found that rituals can play a role in guiding goal-directed performance. Specifically, rituals seem to regulate the brain's response to personal failures or the act of growing through hardship. By engaging in rituals, the neural response to setbacks or mistakes can decrease. And this makes sense when we consider that rituals often provide a sense of control, structure, and predictability in an otherwise chaotic world. So let's talk about how do you craft your ritual? Well, if you're ready to introduce a ritual in your life, here's a fun way to start. Identify a goal. What do you want this ritual to achieve? Calmness, gratitude, connection, reflection, and then choose a time and place. Morning rituals might energize while evening ones might help in unwinding. Incorporate elements that feel good to you. So maybe you can decide on actions, words, or objects that resonate enough with you that you want to bring them into the ritual. Maybe it's lighting a candle, reciting a personal mantra, or even using a personal, particular object like we talked about with the toothbrush. And finally, commit and practice. A ritual is a new habit, and it becomes more potent with repetition. Remember, the ritual's power doesn't come from its complexity, but from its personal meaning and consistent practice. Embracing the unexpected and coping. I can't wait to hear what rituals you come up with. I'm actually tasking myself to come up with a new ritual right now. I think it is such a fun way to get your know yourself and what you need coping-wise in a different way that has a tangible, fun outcome a lot of the times. But do keep in mind, ritual isn't always rainbows and butterflies. Sometimes doing a ritual is mundane, such as brushing your teeth 
or maybe even painful, like doing your taxes. And that's okay. Rituals have their place and their purpose, but let's take some time to find a fun new version of ritual just for you. When it comes to handling our mental health, especially something as potent as depression, sometimes the most unexpected coping mechanisms can provide the most impact. Now, what I'm about to tell you may sound a tad ridiculous, but let's embrace the quirkiness for a moment. If you've never dealt with depression, it might be challenging to understand the inertia it causes people. From the outside, this inertia can resemble laziness. But for those of you who've been in depression's grip, you recognize this as a heavy, suffocating cloak. I like to call this state the funk. And oh boy, is it a funky place to be. But here's the kicker. In the depths of the funk, I've discovered a surprisingly effective ritual. Hula hooping. Yes, you read that right. Whenever the darkness starts to creep in, I grab my hula hoop, um, go outside or put on some music, and give it a whirl for a solid 15 minutes. Yes, I did start this after the TikTok trend of the hula hoop went viral last year. But I remember hula hooping as a child and loving it then, and I love it now. So it came around in a different form, but that's okay. It's good to try new coping skills, and it's also good to go back and try the ones you loved as a child. See if they work for you now. And hula hooping, weirdly, really works for me when I'm dealing with feelings of depression or the funk. Now, please keep in mind I did not say that it cured my depression or made it all better but it does support me in a way that's unique to me. And I think if you're interested, you should try it out too. Because I know it does sound nonsensical, but the rhythmic motion combined with being in nature or listening to music is a powerful mood booster. It's an odd juxtaposition for sure, feeling the weight of depression while moving to an upbeat rhythm or doing something as ridiculous as hula hooping in your backyard during the afternoon, but it works for me and that's what matters. So you must think, surely there is no science behind hula hooping as a mental health resource. And I have to tell you, there is a little bit because rhythmic activities can stimulate the release of endorphins, which are part of our body's natural mood elevators. And engaging in any type of physical activity can also disrupt rumination, the persistent cycle of negative thoughts, which is a hallmark of depression. So what's the takeaway? Don't dismiss seemingly odd or unconventional coping mechanisms. Your ideal ritual or method might be lying in the most unexpected of activities or, as I mentioned, activities that you forgot about from childhood. So whether it's hula hooping, knitting, juggling, or singing at the top of your lungs, sometimes what you need is to break from the ordinary. So why not embrace the quirky and give yourself something out of the box to cope with? You might be surprised at what sticks. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Conscious Coping Club, where we navigate the labyrinth of life's uncertainty with grace, ease, and curiosity. Make sure to like and follow and join us at ConsciousCoping.club, where we cope better together. And until next time, don't just cope, consciously cope. Hey.